Welcome to The Snap with Alexis Perry and Sydney Jones. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for this week's edition of The Snap. I'm Sydney Jones, your host, joined by my co-host, Alexis Perry. The Broncos are 3-0 and and look to get their first 4-0 start to a season since 2016 as they host the Baltimore Ravens at home this Sunday. So joining Alexis and I on the snap to get us up to speed on the matchup is this weekend sideline reporter, Amanda Balionis. Amanda, it's so nice to meet you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to actually get to Denver and see you guys in person this weekend. Yeah, Amanda, I know the week is full of so much preparation. So how are you feeling heading into this week's game? Good. I mean, news is just literally came out that Lamar Jackson did not practice today. Uh, his back is still a little bit sore. So I think uh, that's something that we will certainly be keeping more of an eye on than maybe I, I thought anticipated a little bit earlier. I thought maybe that was just uh, something they were doing to be careful. But um, yeah, the preparation has been really fun. It's always fun when you have two really good teams with two good records going up against each other, especially as we start to get more into the season week four starts to feel like, all right, we're getting into the meat of the regular season. So um, yeah, prep has been exciting. Teddy Bridgewater has been fun to talk about. This Denver uh, defense has been incredible uh, to be watching. So all is good. I can't wait to get there. <laughs> You're definitely excited. We can tell, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he's had a hot start to this season. He ranks second in completion percentage, fifth in quarterback rating, and has yet to turn the ball over. So Amanda, what have you liked about Teddy's performance these first three weeks here in Denver? Well, I think you just said it, the fact that he hasn't turned the ball over, right? If he can do that against this Ravens defense, I mean, now you're really talking about a guy who is going to make a big time impact with this offense. Um, I think it's the fact that, you know, Teddy might not, be the showiest quarterback, but that's not necessarily what you want, right? Like you want the guy who is consistent, who's been good under pressure. Teddy's been unbelievable when, you know, they come with the blitz against him. Uh, he's been doing all of the right things and he's been dispersing the ball uh, in really an ideal way. He's been spreading the ball around. He's been making the right smart decisions. And, you know, Vic Fangio said it like he, this is a guy who stays calm under pressure, right? And that's exactly what you want from your quarterback, you know, he has experience. He's witnessed the highs of the high and the lows of the lows when it comes to the NFL. Um, and I think you're really starting to see that maturity and those experiences reflect on the field in a really positive way. Well, you know, we've seen Von Miller return to that pre-injury form. You know, he's really dominated through the first three weeks of the season here. He was also named the AFC Defensive Player of the Month. You know, how could him in this Broncos defense, you know, try and stop Lamar Jackson this Sunday? Yeah, I know it. I, you know, I know everyone wishes Bradley Chubb was still in that mix as well. That's I cool. mean, man, he, it was really sad uh, to see that happen. But like you said, listen, Von Miller has been playing unbelievable. I think the Broncos have eight sacks on the season. Half of those are from Von, right? So you can tell he's pumped uh, to be back out there. You know, I know that Vic Fangio, I know this team doesn't necessarily always want to bring the blitz, bring the pressure, but you have to wonder if maybe they're going to do that a little bit more against this Ravens offense, uh, especially when we know that Lamar maybe isn't feeling 100%. How much do you want to test him? Um, but listen, whenever you have a guy like Von Miller on the line, if you are a part of that offense, that Ravens offense, you're going you're gonna to be thinking about him regardless uh, of what else is going on. So I think this, deep, this Broncos defense, listen, they're the name of the game right now, right? We know that the Broncos offense that you guys have looked 
really good, but it's this defense that is making just such a huge impact. So if they continue trending the way that they are, I think really the sky's the limit. Well, Amanda, you know, you mentioned the Broncos and Ravens both dealing with injuries. I think of Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner, both Broncos guards questionable for this game. KJ Hamler out for the season with a torn ACL. And of course, Lamar Jackson, like you mentioned, dealing with that back injury. So overall, just how do you feel like injuries might impact this game on Sunday? Listen, both teams have been impacted. You said it since before the season even started, right? I, I, I believe the Ravens are still number one in the NFL with guys on IR. That is not a stat that you want to be number one in. And it, listen, and that's no one's fault, right? Like that, this just is, it's football. These games are so physical. Things are so aggressive um, and things just happen, right? There, You can't control that. But I, I think both teams have gone through this before and both teams understand that next man up mentality, right? So I think that's what we're really going to start to see. I mean, we saw it between Teddy and KJ, right? When Jerry Judy went down, all of a sudden Teddy Bridgewater says, all right, we'll put KJ's blocker next to mine. I want to make sure that this guy, that we are on the same page. And we're going to just continue to see that type of chemistry. So I think both teams have already proven through the first three weeks, injuries aside, we're still finding ways to win. And that is indicative of what successful teams do because Jerry Judy is expected to come back, right? You're going to start to see those guys who have been on the IR start to return. And now all of a sudden you're seeing teams that have already found success without some of their key players. And then you put those key players in and watch out world. (laughs) And we can't wait until Jerry is back. I know Broncos country is just patiently waiting. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe impatiently with impatiently, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, Amanda, Denver's coming off a blowout win. The Ravens are coming off, you know, a walk-off field goal win. You know, how close do we think this game is going to be? I think it's going to be pretty close. I think it's going to be close too. I think that stat of, you know, the Broncos lead or they're tied to the lead, I think with the Bills with point differential, uh, that might go away <laughs> after this weekend. Uh yeah, the Ravens have had a bizarre start to their season. Um, you know, they have an overtime loss. They, like you said, they were one NFL history making field goal away from being one and two. Uh, so it's it's been a little bit more cutthroat for them uh, in terms of what the Broncos have done. They really haven't had that stress, especially in the second half of games. So I think that will be interesting to see, okay, if the Ravens do what we expect them to do, uh, which has put up points and make this a close game. How do the Broncos react for the first time in the second half, maybe being under pressure? You know, you can only do the two-minute drills and emulate real game experiences to, to a certain point in practice. Uh, it, you, you never really know where you are when it comes to that until it actually happens uh, during game time. So I do expect it to be a close game, um, but I do expect this Broncos offense to continue to be strong. I, I think it's really funny, this narrative of, well, I know the Broncos are three and no, but look who they've played. Listen, winning the games you're supposed to win is indicative of teams that end up in the playoffs, right? So it's still the NFL. Every single game is tough. Um, so yeah, I, I got to get on my soapbox a little bit with, with that one, <laughs> but you. I expect it to be a close game. Seriously. Thank you, Amanda, for saying that. I feel like the Broncos really haven't received a ton of respect nationally, you know, because we're three and zero against opponents who've really remained winless. So I appreciate you saying that so much. You're welcome. I got, I got you. <laughs> well, Amanda, I know you'll be here in Denver and here in the building tomorrow. So who are you looking to chat with before the game? 
Yeah, I'm really excited. This is like a basic answer, but I'm super excited to talk to Teddy, um, especially with his connection with Lamar. Um, you know, both South Florida guys. I just, I, you know, both went to Louisville, both drafted in 30s. I mean, it's uncanny, right? The, the similar path that they have had uh, to the NFL. But I'm just excited to talk to Teddy about his journey. Um, you know, when I talk about loving sports, I cover golf as well. I love the mental side of the game. I love the emotional side that makes these guys elite and separates them from the other 99% of human beings on this planet, right? So what Teddy has gone through, what he's fought through when it comes to injury, when it comes from, you know, having all these high expectations to no expectations to now being in a situation to, you know, really be set up for success. Um, I want to hear about that journey. And I also want to hear about what this is going to be like to be facing off against a guy that you know they have a great relationship, right? I mean, it's such a unique thing to play quarterback at the same school. And not only that, come from the same area where you know they heard about each other, they knew about each other all growing up. Um, you know, I know it's not something they're probably going to acknowledge as a big deal in terms of the overall game, but I just, I feel like it is going to be a really special moment for their family and friends down in South Florida. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk to him about that. And I'm also really excited to talk to Tim Patrick. I mean, what he's been able to do, and I think he's going to have a much bigger role um, this week as well because of the injuries that we've talked about. Um, I'm, I'm just excited to hear from him. Anytime you have an undrafted free agent with a chip on his shoulder, I can talk to them all day because I love what makes those guys tick. Okay, Amanda, really quick before we move on to your career, don't mean to put you on the spot, but oh boy, a score prediction for this Sunday. Oh, oh don't do that <laughs> to me. Okay, I'm actually terrible at score predictions. Like, I, um, let's see, let's go 27-24, and I'm not going to tell you who I'm going with. <laughs> I like it. I like I knew you were going to do that. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Close game though, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I mean, that's what we've seen from the Ravens all season. Like we said, the Broncos are looking at something they just haven't seen yet this year. So yeah, it's going to be a good one. Love it. Well, Amanda, now that we're up to speed on this weekend's matchup, let's switch gears a little bit and dive a little bit more into your career. As most of our listeners know here on the snap, one of our main goals is to highlight women's impact in and around the league. So Amanda, just to start, can you tell us a little bit more about your role as a reporter for CBS sports? Yeah. So I do full-time PGA tour golf. Um, and then I do about a half season of NFL, um, each year. And then, you know, a couple of other shows uh, mixed in there in between. So I have kind of a, I guess it's kind of a unique role, role just doing football and golf, um, but it's, it's literally the dream job. So full PGA Tour schedule and then half NFL schedule. Well, Amanda, as an avid golfer, I cannot lie when I say I'm highly jealous of your role covering both of my favorite sports in golf and football, and you do such a fantastic job. So let's actually start from the very beginning. Can you walk us through the path that you took to get to where you are today? Yeah, um, I think most people can tell you the path they think they're going to be on to get to where they want to go. And I'm sure you guys had the same exact experiences <laughs> is so far away from the actual path um, that you end up taking. No, no path is alike. Um, and generally speaking, I learned throughout this whole process that you just have to be willing to trust your gut and jump into things that maybe you think you have 
you have no business doing, right? Okay, well, I don't, I don't see how that fits into what my ultimate goal is. And at some point, I just had to let go of that. So I went to Hofstra University in New York. Um, I graduated in 2008. And I did a lot of small market, um, literally any sport name. I was doing at one point high school wrestling, like it was a, it was a wild ride, but you know, you're trying to make rent and living in New York city and whatever. So working seven days a week, I was doing everything from Ivy league football and hockey and lacrosse to, um, high school, high school, football, lacrosse, field hockey, literally everything in the New York uh, New Jersey, Connecticut area and that whole tri-state area. And um, I thought I was, all I wanted to do was NFL sideline. That was the dream. I grew up watching Bonnie Bernstein on the sidelines thinking I want to do what she does. Um, and that was the only, that was my tunnel vision I had. And after a few years of really grinding in New York and I'm still very poor and I'm still very tired and not sure where to go, I get a call from a family friend who says, hey, the PGA tour is looking for an in-house reporter. I think you should go down and audition. And I'm like, okay. So I send in my demo reel, which has exactly zero golf on it. And they fly me down for an interview and it's 80 degrees and sunny. My car in New York is buried under four feet of snow. And I landed and called my mom and was like, I think I want this job. And she was like, okay, could we just, just see how this goes first? Um, and luckily enough, after that audition, I was very honest with them. I said, listen, I grew up, on golf courses and playing, but I, I know very little about the PGA tour. And they said, we can teach you that. We like the way that you write. We like the way that you, you know, can produce your own segments and let's give this a shot. So uh, what I thought was going to be a very brief stop in uh, a good transition to professional sports ended up being five years um, of working as the PGA tours in-house reporter, because weirdly, then people were saying, well, all you know is golf. So yep. I got pigeonholed and I'm like, wait a second, but I started doing, you know, it didn't really matter. That's just, that, that's what people saw. That's what kind of happened. Um, so about five years into that, I eventually gave up. Um, I got a phone call from Callaway Golf and they said, do you want to come help us in our marketing department, move to San Diego, work a nine yeah. to five job, right? <laughs> and I was like, all of these things sound really great. Absolutely. Um, and I was helping them get their media production team off the ground. So I literally just thought I was leaving journalism uh, and sports journalism. Went there lit three months into me living in San Diego. I get a call from Turner Sports. They promoted me from their digital coverage for the PGA Championship to their network coverage, which was produced by CBS. Um, so that was an unbelievable moment. I remember sobbing uncontrollably. Like I just knew that the minute I let go of this dream, the dream ended up finding me. Um, and from that point on, CBS said we're interested and let's try you out. And luckily that worked out. And now full circle, I am now doing the thing I always thought I was going to do. It just took about a decade for me to get back there. What an amazing story though. That's so awesome that you stuck with it. I actually really love the part where you said you kind of let go of your dream and kind of let it just come to you. I think sometimes, especially women in sports, we're trying so hard to just continue progressing through this mm. role that, you know, sometimes you almost lose sight of like, you know what, just Jesus take the wheel, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, cause I think that's the biggest lesson. And for anyone watching who was like, how do I get there? Um, it's not always going to look the way you think it's gonna look, but like my gut was always telling me, right? I didn't know what that jump was gonna look like going from right. a New York market 
to Jacksonville, Florida, but there was something in me that was like, just go do it. And it was the same exact feeling for that Callaway job in San Diego, you know? So it's letting go of that control, which is hard for all of us. Cause you're not in this industry as a type P person, right? We're all type right. A control freaks. <laughs> uh, my fiance is over there nodding his head, which is a little bit rude, friend, but that's okay. Um, you know, but that ability to, to pull back and say, this is, this is a part of my journey, even if it's not the journey I envisioned is okay. You know, so that I would say that was my biggest life lesson from all of this. What was the biggest challenge that you faced along the way? I think really having confidence in myself. Um, you know, I, I have a tendency to have pretty high anxiety and, and I always am very aware, right? When I go in the booth, um, you know, I go to, when I come to the game this weekend, I'm never going to know anything close to what James Lofton and Andrew Catalan know, right? And, and that's okay, but it's knowing that you can be confident in what you know and always being the most prepared one in the room. Like that's always been my thing. Be the most, I might not be the smartest. I might not have the most experience, but no one's going to out prepare me. Sometimes that can get in your own way a little bit. Um, I can't tell you how many times and this happened to me in golf. I'm still kind of working through it um, with the NFL because you want to be, you want to contribute to the team. You want um, to prove that you deserve to be there. And, and for me, my Achilles heel is over-preparing and kind of muddying the waters for, for the important things to know, which actually can take down my confidence a little bit. So um, I think that's something I've had to fight through is that self-talk of like, you're here for a reason. You've worked your butt off to get here. You deserve to be here. Now step into that and own it. Um, you know, I think it's really easy for me to go into myself and just have 37 pages of notes that I don't know if you know, this was a sideline reporter. You are never going to use 37 pages um, of notes and, and same thing for golf, right? So I think it's just um, learning to embrace the moment and enjoying the moment and, and taking ownership of it rather than constantly trying to prove yourself once you're already there, if that makes sense. What's one piece of advice you'd really give anyone looking to get in this industry right now? Yeah, I mean, just say yes to even maybe the most unconventional things. I've actually had this conversation with a couple of people who are trying to come up and you know figure out what that looks like, especially in the landscape right now. There aren't, you know, there's not a plethora of sports jobs ever, um, but I feel like even right now when you look at the mainstream ways to get in um those those doors just seem to be closed at the moment um and it was the same way for me when i graduated in 2008 it was the height of the recession right i was trying to get a local sports job and no local sports department all of them were closing down let alone hiring anybody um so i think finding those non-conventional jobs like the pgatour.com no one was really looking at their website yet when I started, right? It was kind of a, I guess, a risk to take. And obviously that paid off, but now there's so many outlets you can go on. Starting your own podcast is an option, right? Just like literally showing that you can hustle and you know what you're talking about and you're willing to go the extra mile that maybe others are saying that's just too hard. Um, people do pay it. Scott Van Pelt told me this once, I ran into him when I was at the tour and couldn't figure out where I was going next. And he said, if you're good and you work hard, they will find you. And again, it might not be on your timetable. It certainly was not on my timetable, um, but it, it does eventually 
work itself out, but for it to work itself out, you have to really be thinking outside the box as well. Great advice. Well, Amanda, we seriously cannot thank you enough for your time today. And it was such a pleasure getting to know you. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. And I'm excited to see you guys this weekend. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's edition of The Snap. Thanks so much for tuning in for another fun episode. And make sure to meet us right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube next Friday. We'll see you guys then.